Take your golf expertise to the next level with Lynx Premier, unlocking the most exciting and insightful coverage of the game's courses, travel, communities, architecture, and more. With Lynx Premier, our latest subscription tiers offer something for everyone. Whether you enjoy reading the print edition of Lynx, clicking through our digital magazine, scrolling around lynxmagazine.com, or all of the above. Plus, subscribers receive priority notifications for exclusive Lynx events, a welcome discount code to the Lynx online shop, and much more. Get your all-access pass today by visiting lynxmagazine.com and clicking the subscribe link. Welcome back to another episode of the Lynx Golf Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, digital editor Al Lunsford, joined by Joe Passoff, and happy to be joined today by director of golf for the Omni Homestead Resort, Mark Fry. The Omni Homestead, some call it America's first resort, can date it back all the way to 1766 in Hot Springs, Virginia, the Allegheny Mountains, beautiful area of the country. If you haven't seen it, now's probably the time you should, and we'll we'll give you an idea of, of why that is. A lot of recent updates going on. Top 100 golf course, the oldest continuous first tee in the nation, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into a lot of that. So, uh, Mark, thank you again for joining us for those unfamiliar with the Omni Homestead Resort. Can you give us an idea of, of what to expect as a, a traveler to this destination? I sure can. First of all, thanks Al for having me on. And, uh, I will say it was, I really enjoyed our conversation we had when you were here at the Cascades. So, um, you know, a little history of the resort, as you mentioned, uh, Noted as the oldest uh, resort in, in America, dating back to 1766. The, the travelers came here back in that time, obviously by horseback, but they found in their travels, they found these natural springs that basically bubbled up out of the ground. And, and they felt like these waters in these springs really had healing powers. They were loaded with a lot of minerals and a lot of sulfur and whatnot. And so the, the temperature of these springs was in the 100 degree range. And so Dr. Thomas Good, who recognized and noticed these springs and, and started to bring a bunch of his friends here. And then he had the idea of, well, wow, you know, we need a place to stay if we're going to come here and visit these springs. So really where it all started was through him and the, the idea of building a hotel or an inn that could accommodate some of his friends as they rode in by horseback. And uh, so that was the beginning. Uh, and then as the resort kind of evolved and, and uh, you know, became more of a destination and people would stay back in the time, people would stay for a month at a time. So if you're staying for a month or an extended stay, there's obviously the need for something to do, you know, recreationally. So um, we're now very proud of our golf and, and all the amenities that we offer uh, throughout summer and winter, you know, we're getting ready to open up our ski slope uh, this Saturday. We make our own snow. But so in 1892, as you mentioned, the, the old course was uh, kind of established and, and, and was an idea and built. It was originally only six holes, but that first tee on the old course is still in the same exact place it was in 1892, which gives us the distinction of having the oldest first tee still in continuous use in the United States. So, you know, that's a, a fabulous piece of history when you can stand on that tee and say, wow, you know, there were presidents that played here and in the in the early 1900s and a lot of celebrities have come through. And 
Um, so we're very proud of that. And then, you know, and later on, they, they certainly saw the need for a second golf course because golf was starting to boom, I'm, I'm sure, in the early 1900s. And um, so they, they came up with the idea of the Cascades Golf Course around 1923, uh, which, as you can do the math, we celebrated our centennial celebration last year, um, basically of the conception of the Cascades, which, you know, uh, we were very proud of. And when that course was uh, being thought of and thought about, they uh, they incorporated several designers to come in and, and talk about designing a golf course. And many said it couldn't be done uh, with the terrain, the rocky terrain, the hilly terrain. And back in the 20s, the, the ability to move earth was a steam shovel and a mule. Um, but finally, you know, w uh, William Flynn came in and looked at the, the area and he made the comment, if we can purchase a couple more tracks of land, he really felt like he could put another golf course in there. Um, and then the rest was kind of history, you know, eight national championships later uh, with two more on the near horizon. Uh, the Cascades is by far definitely a bucket list golf course you want to play. 2025 U.S. Senior Women's Am and 2029 U.S. Senior Am on the docket for the Cascades course. There, the homestead, and I got the chance to visit uh, at their grand reopening. Now, the homestead uh, is owned by Omni Resorts, who have invested uh, a great chunk of, of money into uh, the renovations there at the resort. 150 million in the ballpark uh, to update the guest rooms and the meeting spaces, the the grand theater that's inside uh, the big hotel, and, and more. But as you said, it's just a place that exudes history. It's really cool to read the plaques at the first tee at the the old course and and over at the Cascades as well. Some I can't remember the exact number. Something twenty more than twenty per U.S. presidents have been and stayed there, and it's well known for for those hot springs that uh, was delighted to enjoy as well while I was there. Um, really rejuvenating uh, experience. So. Uh, it is it's wonderful. And, you know, I I wish I'd been there before. I'm, I'm glad I went after all these renovations because it's extremely nice. But they've done a fabulous job of maintaining that history as well and incorporating the new with the old. And and Joe, I know you got the chance to visit, uh, but it's it's been a little while for you. What do you remember about your uh, visit to the homestead? What I remember out in two visits. Uh, was how much I absolutely loved being at the homestead. You know, when you uh, <laughs> when you start looking at the picture books, those big <clears throat> bound volumes where they show the world's greatest golf courses and the world's greatest resorts, and sometimes you just stop and you point to something and you go, I want to go there one day. I absolutely want to be in this picture one day. And the homestead was one of those places for me um, when I was a young guy, you know, really just as I started to get in the business and started to travel and knew that I wanted to experience the homestead. And, um, you know, the first picture I saw actually was a, a golf photo, but it was of the old course. And in the background, they show these trees and then this beautiful white clock tower, you know, attached to this Kentucky red brick building, uh, you know, rising out of the trees, 
with golf. And I'm like, holy cow, you know, I just, I want to be there. And then I saw some pictures of the Cascades course, which, uh, which Mark, actually you'll help uh, uh, tell our listeners where it's situated, you know, with regards to the main hotel, but it was a little ways away, easy to get there. Um, And this is like fantasy mountain golf with a rushing stream and the the mountain backdrops covered with trees, you know, just, okay, yep, I want to play there, and I especially want to play there because this is where Sam Snead grew up and playing a game, so um, there's more stuff to it, but that was my first impression, and getting there uh, just was like it absolutely filled the uh, every vision that I had for how great the homestead was. It took us a little while to get to slamming Sammy Sneed. I almost like you buried the lead there because his name is plastered everywhere uh, around the resort. Yeah, I mean, I was fortunate and I'm from here. And, and as I stated, I, I mentioned to you guys before we went on the air that I've been here for 27 years. So I knew Sam my entire life. I played with him the first time when I was 16 years old and uh and and got to know jc and caddied for jc and taught jc a bit we've had some sessions but the the sneed legacy runs deep here you know um and really he was the the one if you think about this small town this this town of hot springs or or even the whole county of bath county only has about 4200 people in the entire county and there have been over 40 golf professionals come out of this small town, whether they started as caddies or whether they worked for Sam early in their life when Sam was at the Greenbrier or uh, in Florida or whatnot. But his legacy lived on through my generation and hopefully from generations to come that, you know, he got started here. He started his quotes on the first tee, the plaque at the first tee saying, if you can play the Cascades at par or better, you can play anywhere in the world. Well, that's where he honed his game is on those mountain fairways and uneven lies. And, um, you know, and, and his legacy, again, this, the, the, the road is named after him. And and so I, I was for I was an honorary pallbearer in the in the funeral. And I miss I really miss him because I spent a lot of time with him later later in his life. I was running the golf schools and he was so cordial. He would sign any autograph or take any photograph with any of the people in the golf school. And uh, I can remember soon after his passing, um, standing up there at the golf school tee, and he always hit in the same spot. And I just I looked over to where he always hit, and it just brought tears to my eyes because he was the, the legend was no longer going to be there to, to watch that uh, poetry in motion is what I called his swing. I guess we can start with the the old course. I mean, dig down into the golf itself. Um, we know about the oldest continuous first tee, but where where else do you go from there? It, it didn't start as an 18-hole course, right? It was a six-hole course to begin with. It did, you know, and, and Donald Ross is kind of, his name is attached to the old course, and you can clearly see that when you play the old course. A lot of the greens are crowned with a lot of false fronts. But, you know, William Flynn, who really didn't probably get the credit that he deserved when he was here with the Cascades, he was also tweaking the old course as well. Um, And then the old course went under a pretty big renovation. I guess it was about 93 where they changed it from a par 70 to a par 72. And we, we had some room to lengthen a few of the holes. So the old course is very unique in the fact that it has six par fives, six par fours and six par threes. 
So that's very unusual. I don't know of any other courses that I have played that has that breakdown. Um, but it's very unique and, you know, it's always in pristine condition. It's short. So you can, you know, you can maybe shoot your career low round. My career low rounds are there uh, and able to shoot pretty low because of the par fives. But um, it's always in great condition. Um, and it's just got a lot of character and a lot of views of the vistas of the mountains. But also, you know, as as Joe mentioned, he was probably on the, the 10th tee or the 9th tee when he could look down through the valley and just barely see the tip of the tower sticking up. That's probably the photograph that he could see uh, sticking up through the tree. So uh, some fantastic views and vistas, always in great shape uh, and certainly a, a great family golf course for the kids and anyone that, that wants to play it. So I, I really enjoy it. I, I like the old course. Well, before we uh, we head to the the main event, the Cascades, you know, I I had a chance to play the lower Cascades uh, back when it was around. And, you know, that was a Robert Trent Jones golf course. Uh, went away a few years ago, but I know that uh, my my memory is that Sam played there a lot. What I remember about the Lower Cascades was it was very quiet, <laughs> uh, just one of the most tranquil golf experiences that I remember. And so, not only I'm curious if you have or what your memories are of the Lower, um, but any plans on either reviving the lower or bringing some more golf uh, in any form um, to the homestead? Well, you know, it's funny you ask because the lower was really where I learned to play. My uncle was the pro there for 36 years. Uh, (laughs) My father-in-law was uh, involved in the construction. He had a construction company, the building of the golf course. So I'm very much attached uh, and my fondest memories of golf had two hole in ones there, had a hole in one on my birthday there. So my <laughs> fondest memories of golf anywhere were down there late in the afternoons with the long shadows. And as you mentioned, the the tranquility of the streams running through there and not many houses. And uh, it was just a great golf course. Unfortunately, um, before Omni was able to purchase the homestead, um, that golf course was liquidated. Uh, and there was a no compete clause with the gentleman that bought it. So it's no longer a golf course, nor are there currently a, any plans to convert it back to a golf course, that anything that I'm aware of. Um, I will say, though, but prior to 9-11, uh, we were approaching 60,000 rounds in our uh, year-to-date rounds. And we felt that if we got to 60,000 rounds, we were probably going to consider building a fourth golf course. Mm. And we'd already had some conversation with J.C. Sneed, who owned the land adjacent to the Lower Cascade. So we were talking about a second course there with a central clubhouse and a central driving range and actually building an, uh, it would have been our fourth golf course there. But it didn't didn't happen. And then inevitably we lost uh, the Lower Cascade, which, as you mentioned, was a great golf course. You can probably remember those long tees. They were like 50 yards long. You know, and and ironically, when we hosted the 1988 U.S. Amateur, uh, we had to have obviously a second golf course for qualifying. The qualifying scores were higher at the lower Cascades than they were at the Cascades. So that course from the Blue Tees, which stretched a little over 7,000 yards, it really had some teeth to it. And some of the greens were severely undulated. So uh, that's where I learned to play was down there. But sadly, I, I didn't go down there for two years just because I just didn't want to see it. You know, all my memories were there and 
um, I just didn't go back for a long time. Yeah, understood. Right. It might not, shot for shot, wasn't the Cascades course, but it was special in its own right. And I can understand uh, the number of positive, happy, wonderful memories that you have. Yeah, it would, would have been tough to go back and, uh, and, and look at that. Um, and it's just, it's sad in a way where we lost a lot of golf courses prior to the pandemic and then golf boomed again. And I think a lot of those folks wish those courses, they still had them and they'd be, they'd be money makers. Yeah. I mean, after the pandemic, 2021 was a fantastic year for us in golf. And, uh, we probably could have justified a third course at that time frame. And I'm sure Mr. Rowling, if, if, we had it if we had the chance to have kept that golf course i'm positive he would have kept it he would have liked the golf course and we would still have three courses but you know business is business and i, I didn't question why it was done when it was done but uh it was just uh, unfortunate the timing of it they closed on that deal the day before omni bought the resort wow. so it Man. was liquidated the very day before so uh, that those things happen. And, uh, sadly, I'd, I'd surely miss it. And as you mentioned, Sam, you know, that was definitely where he played most of his golf and he played with my uncle Bobby. That was his partner quite a bit down there, but you could often see I was playing, uh, I was a senior in high school. So this would have been, Sam was 71 years old. So or it would have been 1983. I was playing in the group in front of Sam and my dad was playing with Sam at the lower cascades. He was 71 years old. And he shot a 60, 12 under par at 71 years old. My dad witnessed it. And he said it was the best round of golf he'd ever seen. Ever. Oh, man. I mean, the slammer uh, played some incredible rounds of golf in his life. But that had to be at least at or near the top. What a memory. Yeah. Take your golf expertise to the next level with Lynx Premier. Unlocking the most exciting and insightful coverage of the game's courses, travel, communities, architecture, and more. With Lynx Premier, our latest subscription tiers offer something for everyone. Whether you enjoy reading the print edition of Lynx, clicking through our digital magazine, scrolling around lynxmagazine.com, or all of the above. Plus, subscribers receive priority notifications for exclusive Lynx events, a welcome discount code to the Lynx online shop, and much more. Get your all-access pass today by visiting linksmagazine.com and clicking the subscribe link. Well, uh, Al, you know, I mean, again, I'm, I'm grinning ear to ear thinking about the homestead and thinking about Sam Snead. And, you know, um, there were periods of time where uh, folks would refer to the William Flynn course as the upper cascades to distinguish it from the lower cascades. But I think we were all eventually corrected no such thing as upper Cascades, just the Cascades golf course. And uh, what an incredibly special course it is. Al, I know you were fortunate to, uh, to play it uh, not long ago. My memories are still very vivid. Um, but uh, Mark, regale us a little bit with what makes Cascades so special. Well, I think there's a couple of things that really come to mind. One is is the serenity over there. You know, I, I've hosted the Cascades Invitational, which was a Memorial Day event every year. And we always had a moment of silence before the starting of the event with the entire field. And to stand there with that moment of silence in, in late May and to hear the birds cheeping and hear the stream bubbling and not even have a car drive by, 
the serenity of that, it just gives me goosebumps today to think about that. So one, it's unique that there's no houses on the golf course. Um, there's one two lane road that goes through it uh, with not a lot of high traffic. So th that is an attraction. Two, the the fact that it was built in the 20s and it and it's built on the natural terrain that was there. William Flynn, he he laid that golf course in, on the ground he had. He didn't move a ton of, of, of earth to reshape it. So it's very hilly. It's very undulated. There's a lot of uneven lies. Uh, when I played in college and we played in the mountains, I felt, you know, my, a lot of my teammates were from the South and um, they weren't used to playing on those uneven lies. And so, you know, one of the only tournaments I won was in Western Carolina. And, and uh, but I felt like I had an advantage on the uneven lies because I'd played there my whole life. I'd done that my whole life. So the fact that it's on its natural terrain, the fact that it's 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 peaceful, it's quiet, it's beautiful setting, but in addition to that, it's just a it's a hell of a golf course. You know, if I I've played Pebble, I've played Seminole, I've played Pioneers Number Two, I've played all over the country, and if I only had one round of golf to play, it would be at the Cascades. I was, you mentioned at the very beginning, but and we talked about this, you and I, Mark, when I was there. I was just struck by how quiet it was out there. Um, I mean, yeah, it, every now and then a car may go by on the, the two-lane road that is only there for a few holes, but for the most part, it's just the sound of your, your shots and everything is just kind of, it heightens the senses because it's so quiet and it, it's just remarkable. I've never played a golf course that was that silent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, and I agree, and it, and it's it's I think that to me is an attraction, you know, and that's not only that's probably not only the Cascades, but that's to some degree the entire resort. You know, we're in a very remote town here in Hot Springs, Virginia. We don't even have a stoplight in the whole county. So I mean, you know, that that tells you a lot about the 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 resort itself. So it's a it's a destination that when you get here, everything you want is here. You don't need to jump in your car and go to the store or go to this restaurant. Everything you want to do is here. I mean, we have fishing, we have horseback riding, we have our own ski slope, we've got a zip line. I mean, it's just a multitude of things to do. And we have a water park with our pools and, and you can soak in the natural spring. So it's it's not only the golf, which, you know, I'm certainly uh, partial to the golf because it's been my life and my career. But uh, a little bit back to the Cascades, you know, when you've hosted eight national championships and you're about, about to host number nine and 10, if you look up facilities or, or golf courses that have hosted 10 national championships, it's a pretty elite company. You know, there's not a lot to can say I've hosted 10 national championships, which will be, you know, will be on our, our, our resume uh, by the end of 29. So um, I, I don't think you'd be disappointed. It's uneven lies. It's a it's a unique finish. We finished three five five three, which uh, is probably unusual as well to finish on a par three. But both par fives are risk reward. So in a match play event, you can really make up ground or you can lose it all on sixteen and seventeen. So um, it's just a good track, a great test, and you know and. I've often said, when you play the Cascades, you're going to clean every club in the bag when you're done. You'll probably hit every club in the bag at the end. You know, Mark, after my first go around, uh, and again, uh, Al, I know I'm sounding a little uh, uh, grandfatherly uh, here, uh, but it was in May of 1992. 
and uh, the resort was kind of still buzzing because uh, that la- the day I got there was the last day they were filming a movie there with Richard Gere and Jodie Foster. Summersby. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, you know, like, hey, this, this is a big deal. Um, you know, two huge Hollywood actors hanging out at the homestead and, uh, and everything. And then being on the grounds, um, I saw Sam and JC uh, together. They were consulting some plans on the golf course for a little bit of renovation work they were doing. And I finished my first round. And, you know, as golf writers do this, as everybody does this, you try to replay the round in your head and what really jumped out and everything. And so later that summer, I did one of those stories that people like to do where you say uh, the the best public access or resort golf holes that anyone can play. You know, pick pick the eighth hole from Pebble uh, or the 18th and pick something from Pinehurst, the fifth or whatever. And. I was convinced that the 12th hole on the Cascades <laughs> was the best 12th hole in the country. I put that in my all-star list. And then I had somebody remind me that that might not even be the best hole on the golf course. There are four <laughs> or five other candidates, uh, including uh, the par three fourth, uh, including 13, the hole come right after 12, another great par four, 16 that you mentioned. Uh, terrific par five. So what stands out in your mind when you replay the round and you say, wow, you know, what a golf hole, what a golf hole. Well, you know, I would have to agree that the, the 12th hole, um, and when you played it in 1992, the 12th hole was a par four. Correct. Uh, that course, when that course was designed, it was designed as a par five. Um, and so this year I converted it back to a par five. I added about 40 yards of yardage. And I converted it back to a par five for the reason, if you remember, there's some cross bunkers down there about 80 yards short of the green. Well, with the length of the ball today and where the tees currently are, those cross bunkers really weren't in play and they had no factor. But as we move the tees back, especially for my membership, uh, those cross bunkers are now far, far more in play than they were. And that's really the way Flynn designed it to be such that, that they you have to make a decision. Do you go over those or do you really want to lay up short of that? But back to your question about what really stands out for me, I think the back nine there starting with really 11, which is a short par three. But as you get to 12 is when you better have your game face on. Because 12s, even as a par 5 now, there's a lot of trouble. 13, beautiful dog leg left, par 4 with the creek on the left, great setting. 14, a very difficult hole uh, with a tough green to putt. 15, a 230-yard par 3. So to pick a favorite hole, you know, we kind of identify, I kind of identify 16 as the signature hole with the pond right up to the green and its risk-reward and you can really save around there. I mean, you could go eagle eagle there and pick up a lot, or you could dump it in the water on both of those and go bogey bogey. So, um, it, it I have such good memories of 27 years being here of all the holes. Um, I've never had a hole in one at the Cascades, but um, you know, I just think 16 it just stands out in my mind. 12 just makes you pucker up. You know, you better be ready to, <laughs> to hit a good shot there. You can't you can't put the steering wheel on it at the Cascades. You better be freed up and making your best golf swing. So uh, it, it just has a lot of bite, you know, and it, they, 
all the reason why we're hosting national championships there. There's that big tree looming there at 12 on the corner too that you have to the big think walnut. about. You probably yeah. probably shouldn't think about it, but it's it's <laughs> there. It's hard to to not do that. For me, I liked um, you mentioned four. I like three, uh, short par four up the hill. That you know it's probably you know the smart thing to do is uh, you know four or five iron and a wedge, but uh, the green is just perched right there into the hillside. Yeah, loved that hole. Yeah, when we um, had the NCAA championship here, um, the entire Kentucky team decided, probably through the cro- coach's advice, they were all going to try to drive that green. I mean, it's drivable. It's 282 uphill, but it's all carry, and there's a lot of trouble on the left. If you miss left at all, you're really dead, and you can't really miss right. But uh, that's a unique hole. You know, it's funny you say that, but it it uh, it's, a, it's a hole you can score on, but it's kind of a unique – 282 yard par fours or now par threes really <laughs> for a lot of a lot of courses yeah the other thing you can do is if you dump it into the the hill that is just below the green right there you can very easily lose your balls the guy i was playing with did so that, that that's just another wrinkle of it uh you can also get your golf cart stuck on the uh the cart path there as i did when i was playing and you need to call back to the pro shop for someone to rescue you uh, but this is probably you talk a little bit about william flynn it's probably his most notable public access course i would think and uh the, a lot of the names that people know for flynn are of course shinnecock hills um the Catanzas Club, Cherry Hills, uh, Marion West. So there, yeah. there are a lot of really good private courses with his name on it. But as far as uh, places that uh, the everyday average Joe Passoff can go play, yeah. uh, <laughs> it would be it would be at the top of that public list. Um, he was called the he's been called the Nature Faker. That's his right. nickname, right, Joe and. And, and how everything kind of seamlessly blends into its surrounding environment. And that's what he took took pride in, is that you couldn't really tell where the Flynn stopped and where the nature began. It was just a, a blend of all that. And I personally think the home, the Cascades is a perfect encapsulation of that. Yeah, I would totally agree. You know, and another thing about Flynn, too, is they did a comparison of total golf courses designed versus total championships played on those and his percentage per courses designed is like one of the tops so he did i think he designed a hundred and some courses or whatever but he's had like 80 championships on those courses that he's associated with so you know what what he put his hands on were truly uh, a, a testament of of his skills and and the quality of his work so mark it's uh you know, oftentimes it's challenging, you know, to figure out uh, what do we change? What do we do to the golf course to keep it relevant? Uh, because we know how far these young guys and and ladies are smashing the ball uh, in this day and age. So you mentioned adding some length at 12 to uh, kind of restore the par five aspect to it. Um have you added more length to the Cascades? Is there more room to do so? And is that something that you guys think about? I mean, I think of all the land there, but a lot of it is in the mountains where it's tough to do things. Um, 
you know, so many championship courses now go 72, 7,400 yards. Thoughts about that going forward to keep the Cascades relevant? Yeah, there are, Joe, and we we have added length in addition to the 12th hole. We're currently at 6,908 is our current yardage, and it was about 6,600 for most of my life and being here. So we we added another tee on the fifth hole. We added about 45 yards to the 14th hole. Um, So we've, we've moved some things back. Um, and the reason I added that, or I didn't, the reason we added the yardage on 14 is because the current green on 14 was not the original Flynn green. Um, that was changed when, when, uh, Jones came in there and made some adjustments. Uh, he built that new green and they actually moved the 15th tee box, um, to where it currently is as well. So we went ahead and added the yardage back move the tee back so I, I ultimately i want to move the green back to where flynn had it and then move the 15th tee so that it's actually would be hitting over what the current 14th green is which is really the way that green was designed was to receive the shot from more from the left than where it's currently receiving it from so yeah we've added yardage where we could but you know the cascades i don't think is about yardage it's about being able to shape your shots off of uneven lies, being able to not short side yourself in four inch rough, uh, knowing when to be below the hole. Uh, when we Again, when we had the NCAA championships here, that's when the course was playing at 6,600 yards. Well, those college kids thought they were going to come in here and shoot lights out. And I think three or four kids shot under par for that championship. So it was uh, um, Ryan, uh, I'm trying to think of his last name, I lost it, um, from UNLV. He won, and he shot pretty good under, but uh, there were only like three kids that shot, three or four, that shot under par for the week. What so year the was that? Of, 2004, right? Oh. Yeah, that was Ryan, uh, Ryan Moore. Ryan, I don't know I got it. Ryan NCAA Moore. Division One, uh, 2004, yeah. Yeah, Ryan Moore also won Ryan the U.S. Moore, Amateur correct. that year. Yeah. yeah, he won it big time. But, you know, Camellia Vajegas was there and uh, Bill Haas was there and there were a ton of named players. Uh, Billy Mayfair was there. But, um, no, Billy Mayfair was we came back for the amateur. But anyway, a lot of them didn't shoot uh, what they shot thought they were going to shoot. Again, with four-inch rough and greens at 12 and you get short-sided on some of those, those pins and you just can't get up and down. I was going to have you, uh, I touched on this earlier, but uh, tell everybody where the Cascades course is located compared to the the homestead, the resort itself. Sure. Um, you know, there's really only one main road that goes through the county. It's called Route 220, which is now Sam Snead Highway. So the golf course is roughly three and a half miles to the south of the resort. So it's, it's not very far. It's a short ride over there, um, but it's just to the south on... The original farm was called the Thompson Farm that they purchased in the 20s. Uh, so there were a couple farms down there. And the, the course gets its name because there's a spring that comes out of the ground right there at the 18th hole, a massive spring that feeds the entire through the entire golf course. And actually, it was the spring that ran to the lower cascade, same water that ran through the gorge where our fishing opportunity is. Um, and it ran to the lower cascade. So that's where the course gets its name is that stream was called the Cascades stream. So that's where we got our name. But it's about three and a half miles to the south of the resort. Mark, having been at the resort for so many years now and growing up in the area, 
what are some of the things that you enjoy there outside of the golf and maybe along with that what is something new that had that omni has brought in with the the renovations that you've you've really liked well you know obviously growing up here and, and as i mentioned there's not a single stoplight in the town which means there's no walmart there's no bowling alley well there was one at the resort at the time but so as a kid growing up there wasn't a lot of trouble to get into so we we enjoyed the outdoors we we learned to hunt we learned to fish uh, and anything outdoors is what we grew up doing so um, there's a ton of those activities whether it's fishing canoeing uh, horseback riding but some of the additions that have been, we have a water park, we have now a putt-putt course, we've added a zip line, which is actually on the ski slope in the summer. Uh, so those are some of the most recent renovations that we've done or, or activities. But I mean, I'm sure I'm missing, missing a lot of our, our, our activity. The spa is world-class. You know, we've, we've re, redone all the rooms there and that, that got a lot of the renovation. So um, it's a world-class spa, but just, being outdoors and if you like golf and you like being outside there's not a lot of humidity here in the summer it's a great summer vacation location you're in the mountains it's not 95 degrees with 90 percent humidity like we see to the east in williamsburg and richmond and northern virginia so you know a lot of our members have second homes here where they get away from that humidity and they come to the mountains and fresh air and great golf and good people you know I, I would be remorse if i didn't speak about just the local people you know my grandparents worked here and so there's a ton of pride being generations that have that have seen the changes and ownerships change and uh, i mean i've been through four ownerships myself so um the, the the people here are really what makes this place unique and then the setting and the atmosphere and what you can do when you're here um it's just a wonderful retreat i think you talk about the spa, uh, which was the original attraction of the homestead, and the healing waters, taking the cure, as they called it. And uh, my first visit there, there was a <laughs> fairly legendary uh, spa person uh, who attended to people. Uh, his name was Hugh Popeye Height. Do you remember that fella? I, I, know, I know Popeye my whole life. He's a very good golfer. He's now retired, but he's still local. His wife, Brenda, was in the uh, accounting office uh, or actually in the associate services office. So I knew Popeye my whole life and played golf with him. He's a he's a single digit handicap in his day. <laughs> you have a great memory, Joe. <laughs> uh, for certain things. For certain wow. things. Because I mean, I I thought... <laughs> you must not have met me because I don't know that you, you haven't brought me up in any memories of me. <laughs> I didn't give you a lesson, I'm, a, I'm assuming. <laughs> Well, no, it was just, I mean, for somebody to be that famous, you know, that, uh, oh, yeah, this is the guy that, you know, you got to see for the for the spa stuff. And, um, you know, it was such an amazing legacy, thinking that it goes back to the origins of why Hot Springs was settled, you know, named that way and so forth. And then, you know, again, uh, for things to evolve and you know, I mean, even spa facilities have to jump into the modern era uh, with, you know, a comfort zone, so to speak. But, um, you know, that, that was just so many special memories related. And I'm just like a lot of folks, you can't you can't manufacture history. 
it's there. It's created over time. And to visit the homestead, you want all those modern conveniences, but you also want to be able to soak up from the perspective of what has gone on there for 200 and what, 250 years. Yeah, uh, more than that. Yeah, 1766. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and as you mentioned, modernizing, um, whether it be golf courses or the resort or anything, I, I strongly believe there's a group of people that enjoy maybe not being modernized, you know, that they enjoy that, as you stated, the history and the way things used to be. And, and, you know, dinner was, was the people are in the dining room in tuxedos and, you know, the flaming cherry Jubilee was carried out in, in, in an exhibition and salads are made at the table. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, traditions and, and I can't tell you how many times people that are visiting us today say, you know, I, I came there as a child and Woody Pettis, the maitre d' in the dining room, cut my steak up when I was eight years old. Woody worked here for 50 years. Mm. I mean, there's a number of employees that have worked here for 30, 40, some even 50 years that have made, you know, their, their life here. And, and, you know, we're very proud of that. I'm, I'm in my 27th year and I can't imagine being anywhere else. I'm, I mean, I had the opportunity as a young professional to go to, to Greenwich, Connecticut. I had an offer and, but I just couldn't imagine leaving the mountain. There's an attraction, especially if you were local and you grew up here and you knew you had a passion for here and your family is here. There's an attraction that just brings you. I couldn't wait to get back here. Um, and I couldn't imagine going anywhere else, honestly. This has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation with you today. Hope we've encouraged some people to go up and visit. Again, all season resorts. So you're going to get two di totally different experiences depending on the time of year you go. And the fall is absolutely incredible with the foliage on the golf course uh, and everywhere around you. So that that is a time I would recommend, uh, but you really can't go wrong. Uh, I'd encourage people to go uh, check out the Omni Homestead Resorts website just to see all of the incredible experiences you can have. But thank you again, Mark, for giving us a, a glimpse here. And uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you today. Well, this was my pleasure. And when you talk about something that you truly have a passion for, it's easy to do. And, and I love talking about the history and, you know, my family and the golf course and Sam Snead. And, you know, those are memories that uh, I'm very fond of. And it's I appreciate you having me on. I really enjoyed this and uh, and I would welcome the opportunity in any future uh, if you would love to have I'd love to come back on at any time. But I enjoyed it. And thanks. Thanks for taking me on. And uh, hopefully we'll see some visitors. I, I Once again, I'll tell you all, it's not only a bucket list for golf, but it's a destination resort. So you can't go wrong. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. <laughs>